Chapter One of The Garden of Folly by Stephen Leacock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One The Secrets of Success as revealed at one dollar and fifty cents a revelation note this opening chapter deals with the secrets of material success and shows how easily it can be achieved indeed anybody who is willing to take a brief correspondence course can achieve it in a few weeks what follows here is based upon the best and newest manuals on the subject and every word is guaranteed the new race of big men and big women dear friend reader for you will not mind my calling you this or both of this for i feel already that we are friends are we not don't you let us sit down and have a comfortable get-together visit and talk things over are you aware that there is a big movement going on in this country and that a lot of big-hearted men and ever so many big women are in it perhaps not then let me try to tell you all about it and the way in which the world is being transformed by it no don't suggest sending me any money i don't want it neither i nor any of these big men and women who are working on this thing want money we all take coupons however and if you care to cut out any coupons from any newspaper or magazine and send them to me i shall be glad to get them but remember sending a coupon pledges you to nothing it does not in any way bring you within reach of the law and you may cut out as many as you like only a little while ago a young boy scarcely more than a man came into my office in great distress and in evident remorse what have i done he moaned what is it i asked i have cut out a coupon he said wringing his hands and sent it in to where i asked to department b the success editor box four four zero j phoenix arizona my dear friend i said cutting out a coupon pledges you to nothing he left my office after in vain offering me money a new being i may say that he is now at the head of one of the biggest dried prune businesses in kalamazoo in other words that boy had found the secret of success a chance remark had suddenly put him in the path of opportunity my dear reader you may be all unknowing in exactly the position of that young man you may be like him on the very verge of opportunity like him you may need only a friendly shove to put you where you belong now this movement that i am in along with these big women etc that i spoke of is a movement for putting success within reach of all even of the dullest you need not despair merely because you are dull that's nothing a lot of these big men in the movement were complete nuts before they came in perhaps it is a new idea to you that success can be deliberately achieved let me assure you on the contrary that achieving it is the only way to get it i wonder for example if the thought has ever occurred to you that you would like your salary raised if so nothing is more simple read the chapters which follow and your salary will be raised before you finish them after having studied the literature of this big movement for success i can tell you of hundreds of thousands of men and women in this country whose salaries have been raised beyond recognition what would you say for example to earning sixty-three dollars a week without leaving home and using only your spare time and that too at an agreeable occupation 
needing no preparation and no skill do you want to do it well that is what young edward beanhead kid ed they call him is doing right at this minute in houston texas or what do you say to cleaning up half a million cold in a fortnight on the sale of an article indispensable to every home in the country easily understood and never out of order patent applied for well that was what was done by calicut johnson cal johnson they generally call him at least if they're busy or millionaire johnson or lucky johnson they call him a lot of names like that you can see his picture in half the papers in the country bull johnson he's often called you must have seen him well here was a man this cal or this bull who never knew till he was forty-one years old that he had personality and then all of a sudden one day oh but stop i'll tell you later on all about this bull or buffalo johnson they often call him buffalo i merely say that at present buffalo or buff is at the head of one of the biggest nut syndicates in el paso or how would you like to imagine yourself becoming the head of one of the biggest mercantile concerns in the country would you have any use for it i mean would it make a hit with you if so i shall have to tell you presently about robert j rubberheart bulldog bob they usually call him it occurred to bob one day that eighty-five per cent of his efficiency was being squandered in uh, oh but no i'd better keep it suffice it to say that you can see in the back pages of almost any of the current magazines a picture of bob at his mahogany desk in his office in that mercantile firm he is pointing his finger right at his stenographer's eye and underneath him is written this man earns ten dollars a minute well that's bob he has cut out the waste of his efficiency and he has made good but talking of bulldog bob and the way he made good reminds me of a lot of other cases which i have met in my study of this big movement of men yes and of women who have made good perhaps you don't realize reader that no matter if a man is a long way down almost down and out he can still come back and make good if a man has got sufficient pep and grit not to let the sand get choked out of him he will come back every time i am thinking here especially oh as no doubt you are of the instance of the honourable e final upshot now one of the leading men one of the big men in the senate of nicaragua yet there was a man who had been nearly beaten out by fate health gone friends gone memory gone he couldn't even have remembered his friends if he'd had kept them money gone everything in fact except that somewhere away down in that man was sand and so one day just by chance ed his friends now always call him honest ed saw in a paper but don't let's spoil the story in any case the real point is that men like buff johnson and bulldog bob and the honourable final upshot have got personality that's it some of them had it from the start but didn't know it you may be in that class concealed in these men was an unsuspected asset like the jewel in the toad of which shakespeare speaks it may be in you and having personality they set to work to develop themselves 
they built up their efficiency they studied their bodies they took exercises which gave them constitutions like ostriches they eliminated waste they chewed their food for hours before they used it realizing that a ferruginous diet breaks down the tissues and sets up a subterfuge of gas throughout the body they took care to combine in their diet a proper proportion of explosives having grasped the central fact that the glory of a man's strength is in his hair these people by adopting a system of rubbing easily learned in six lessons and involving nothing more than five minutes of almost hysterical fun every morning succeeded in checking the falling of the follicles or capillary bases of the hair itself in short as one of the greatest of them has said hair power is brain power as with personality and efficiency so with memory these men of the class of which we are speaking grasped the idea that memory means money to gain it they adopted a simple formula easily learned in six lessons without sending money first invented by the ancient aztecs but now made available for everybody by the splendid efforts of the famous dr allforce the doctor whose picture shows him to be a g d m of kansas is often called presumably by his friends the wizard of mind power he is a man of whom we shall have a lot to say undoubtedly the man has psychic power whether or not it is the self-same psychic power enjoyed by ancient chaldeans and the magi who make the magi water is a point on which we must not try to pronounce but the man certainly has it and no doubt it was for that that kansas gave him his g d m the doctor claims that memory can be built up by a rearrangement of the colloid particles of the human brain so convinced is the doctor of the validity of this daring claim that he offers a personal guarantee of a hundred dollars one hundred dollars for anybody disproving it to his satisfaction thus far no single professor of any of the colleges all known to be effete has come forward to challenge this daring piece of scientific prophylaxis in short as the doctor himself says hypothesis is truth but we must not talk of the doctor too much we shall have plenty to say of him in his place just remember him as the man who does not forget we only mention him here in this connection as one of the big men whose ideas are reshaping the globe indeed the doctor himself has gone on record with the words i can reshape your head but even all that we have said does not exhaust the scope of this great movement which is building up a new race of men and women there are bigger things yet have you ever thought of the large place that love plays in this world perhaps not you may be too big a boob to have thought about it and yet it is a thing about which every well-constituted man and every well-constructed woman ought to think if you have hitherto been clean outside of our great movement toward the new life and the new success you have probably never read the booklet obtainable anywhere or to be had by cutting out a coupon entitled how to choose a mate apart from its obvious usefulness at sea this is a little book that should be studied by every young man and woman in the land it is written by a man whose name of course you know 
dr o salubrious med mis wash he practically gives it away it may never have occurred to you how many men in picking a mate or a life companion or even a wife make a bad pick there are ever so many cases on record where serious dissatisfaction arises with the selection which has been made with so many to choose from this seems unnecessary if you will study the work of dr salubrious you will see that he makes the bold claim that men and women are animals and they should mate with the same care as is shown by the lobster the lizard and the graminiferous mammalia but for the moment we need follow the doctor no farther the essential idea which arises from what we have said above is that a new race of men and women is emerging under our eyes these people like cal johnson and dr salubrious and dr allforce and the honourable final upshot are a new set of beings alive with personality using one hundred per cent of their efficiency covered with glossy hair rich in its natural oil forgetting nothing earning sixty three dollars a week at occupations which fill only their leisure time these people are rapidly inheriting the earth as dr blank himself has put it the future will belong to those who own it do you want then reader and i am asking you for the last time to be in this movement or out of it or no let me put it in the striking way phrased by all force can you afford to be out of it a chat on personality what it is and how to get it let us therefore proceed to study out this question quietly and systematically taking nothing for granted we have said above that personality is the greatest thing in the world but now let us ask ourselves how do we know that personality is the greatest thing in the world from what corollaries do we draw this hypothesis and is such an innuendo justified in other words who says so our answer to this is very simple the greatest men in the world those that is to say who draw the largest salaries do so by their personality ask any truly great man how he made all his money and he will always tell you the same thing the bigger the man is the more loudly he will say it the other day i had a few minutes conversation i couldn't afford more with one of the biggest priced men in this country to what i asked do you attribute your own greatness and he answered without hesitation to myself yet this is the man who has the reputation of being the second biggest consumer of crude rubber in this country he may do it and he may not but he has that reputation i ask another man a large consumer of adjustable bicycle parts how much he thought he owed of his present commanding position to education he answered emphatically nothing something in his tone made me believe him now the common element in all these men is personality each one of them has a developed balanced nicely adjusted well-hung personality you feel that as soon as such a man is in your presence when he enters a room you are somehow aware that he has come in when he leaves you realize that he's gone out as soon as he opens his mouth you know that he is speaking when he shuts his mouth you feel that he has stopped 
until the recent discoveries of the success movement it was not known that personality could be acquired we know now that it can for the acquirement of personality the first thing needed is to get into harmony with yourself you may think that this is difficult but a little practice will soon show you how make the effort so far as you can to set up a bilateral harmony between your inner and your outer ego when you get this done start and see what you can do to extend yourself in all directions this is a little hard at first but the very difficulty will lend a zest to the effort as soon as you begin to feel that you are doing it then try gently at first but with increasing emphasis to revolve about your own axis when you have got this working nicely slowly and carefully at first lift yourself to a new level of thinking when you have got up there hold it as soon as in this way you have got yourself sufficiently elongated and extended you will have gained the first step in the development of personality namely harmony in other words you are completely and absolutely satisfied with yourself if you were a nut before you will never know it now the next great thing to be acquired is optimism cheerfulness the absence of all worry it is a scientific fact that worry has a physical effect upon the body clogging up the esophagus and filling the primary ducts with mud cheerfulness on the other hand loosens up the whole anatomy by allowing a freer play to the bones begin each day with a smile when you rise in the morning throw open your window wide and smile out of it don't mind whom you hit with it when you descend to the breakfast table try to smile at your food or even break into a pleasant laugh at the sight of it when you start off to your place of business enter your street car in a bright and pleasant way paying your fare to the conductor with a winsome willingness when you get into your office remove your coat and rubbers with a pretty little touch of bonhomie ask the janitor or the night watchman how he has slept greet your stenographer with a smile open your correspondence with another smile and when you answer it try to put into what you write just the little touch of friendly cheerfulness that will win your correspondent's heart it is amazing how a little touch of personal affection will brighten up the dull routine of business correspondence like a grain of gold in the sand don't sign yourself yours truly but in some such way as yours for optimism or yours for a hundred percent cheerfulness but i will show you what i mean in a more extended way by relating to you the amazing but well authenticated story of the rise and success of edward beanhead the remarkable case of edward beanhead an amazing story of success in presenting in support of what has been written in the preceding paragraphs the instance of edward beanhead i may say that i have no doubt whatever of the authenticity of the story it is too well attested to admit of doubt i have seen this story of the rise of edward beanhead under his own and other names printed in so many journals that it must be true the more so as the photograph of beanhead is reproduced beside the story and in many cases the editor gives a personal guarantee that the story is true 
in other cases readers who doubt are invited to cut out a coupon which will bring them a free booklet that will give them a course on leadership another proof of the truth of the story is that edward beanhead's salary is often inserted and printed right across the page i forget what it is in fact it is not always the same but it fills all the available space in many cases beanhead in his photograph is depicted as actually pointing at his salary with one finger and saying do you want to earn this skeptical readers may suggest that edward must have owed his start in life to early advantages of birth and wealth he may have been a prince this is not so beanhead had no birth and no wealth accounts differ as to where he was born some of the documents as reproduced in the best advertising pages represent him as a bright little farm boy from keokuk iowa it is well known of course that most railroad presidents and heads of colleges come from there pictures are numerous which show beanhead barefooted and with a five-cent straw hat standing in what looks like a trout stream there is a legend from farmyard to manager's desk another school of writers however shows edward as beginning his career in a great city running errands at an admirable speed and labeled earning his first dime all this however is a matter of controversy the only thing of which we can be certain is that edward beanhead as a youth just verging into manhood was occupying a simple station as some sort of business clerk here came the turning point of his life by a happy accident edward came across a little booklet entitled tootin common is a dead one what are you learn personal efficiency in six lessons write to the nut university post office box six canal street buffalo from this time on beanhead's spare minutes were spent in study we have in proof of this the familiar illustration in which edward is seen on a high stool in his office at lunch hour eating a bun with one hand and studying a book on personality in the other while at the side inserted with a sort of little cloud one can see edward's two office companions playing craps with two young negroes the picture is now rather rare the little vignette of the crap game having proved rather too attractive for certain minds in fact some people quite mistook the legend do you want to make money fast beanhead took the entire course occupying five weeks and covering personality magnetism efficiency dynamic potency the science of power and essentials of leadership by the end of his course edward had reached certain major conclusions he now saw that personality is power that optimism opens opportunity and that magnetism makes money he also realized that harmony makes for happiness and that worry would merely carry his waste products into his ducts and unfit him for success armed with these propositions edward beanhead entered his office after his five weeks course a new man instead of greeting his employer with a cold good morning as many employees are apt to do edward asked his superior how he had slept now notice how the little things count it so happened that his employer hadn't slept decently for ten years and yet no employee had ever asked him about it naturally he reacted at once 
edward reacted back and in a few minutes they were in close confabulation beanhead suggested to his employer that perhaps his ducts were clogged with albuminous litter the senior man gravely answered that in that case he had better raise edward's salary beanhead acquiesced with the sole proviso that in that case he should be allowed to organize his employer's business so as to put it on a strategic footing now observe again how things count it so happened that this man although carrying on a business which extended over six states and out into the ocean had never thought of organizing it and didn't even know what a strategic footing was the result was a second increase of salary within twenty-four hours in the weeks that followed edward beanhead now seated in a commodious office with a flat-top desk and a view of the ocean and a range of mountains entirely reorganized the firm's business his method was simple the employees were submitted to a ruthless brain test which eliminated most of them the business itself was then plotted out on a chart so designed as to show at a glance all the places where the firm had no business banks in which the firm had no money were marked with a cross by these and other devices edward rapidly placed the business on a new footing stopping all the leaks focusing it to a point driving it deep into the ground giving it room to expand and steering it through the rocks the situation is perhaps more easily understood by stating that henceforth the motto of the business became service the natural upshot of it was that before long edward beanhead's employer summoned him up to his office and informed him that he was getting old he was seven weeks older than when we began with him and that he was now prepared to retire to a monastery or to a golf club and that if edward wanted the business he could have it hence at the end we see edward beanhead sitting behind his desk half revolved in a revolving chair and with a beautiful stenographer within easy touch there are two little placards nailed up one on each side of his head bearing the legends efficiency and service and one wonders where are those fellows who are playing craps with the negroes the success of great men it is very difficult to leave this topic of success without saying something about the success of great men indeed there is no reason why i should i wonder if it has ever occurred to the reader to ask why there are so few great men and why so few men succeed in lifting themselves above the average level perhaps it hasn't but if he did ask why we cannot all raise ourselves above the average the answer would be very simply that we all can if we try this is a thing that we realize at once when we study the careers of great men but to study them properly we must not turn to the dull pages of the college histories there only a very limited and partial account of the great is found to get the real facts we must open the advertising pages of the illustrated magazines and we can see at a glance that they tell us vital things never touched upon by the standard histories for example it is very doubtful whether bancroft ever knew that george washington was in the habit of taking four deep breaths just before eating if he did he never mentions it 
nor does he make any reference to the fact that benjamin franklin once said that no perfect breakfast food had as yet been found that of course was in his day it has been found since as we shall see in the same way lord macaulay a man otherwise well informed does not seem to know that oliver cromwell once said the secret of making money lies in scientific investment nor was shakespeare aware that the cloak or mantle which julius caesar wore on the day he overcame the nervii and which he wore when he was stabbed by his assassins was undoubtedly made by the famous knit-knot process now so widely known one asks in vain what kind of suspenders did henry of navarre use what was it that charlemagne used to say about carrying a camera with you during a vacation in the adirondacks what sort of exercise did queen elizabeth take for ten minutes every morning in what attitude was lord bacon standing when he said mr businessman why not use a fountain pen but in recent times all these fascinating things are being solved for us by the painstaking researches of the advertising experts we are getting to know things about our great men that we never knew before intimate personal things that we never knew before and of all the historical characters whose careers are being thus illuminated there is one who stands out conspicuously above all others the emperor napoleon this great man enjoys in the success movement an eminence over all others it is the aim of everybody to be a napoleon in his own particular line of activity and a great many are succeeding you can see their pictures any day there are at least thirty-seven napoleons now doing business there is a napoleon of billiards and a napoleon of water polo and a napoleon of the rubber shoe industry and there's also a man who is the napoleon of pants designers and another who is the napoleon of the ladies shirtwaist business there is a dog who is the napoleon of airedale terriers and there is a cow who is the napoleon of holstein milk givers in short it is becoming a very important thing to learn how to be a napoleon you have only to turn over the back pages of any of our greatest journals the serious pages where they teach people how to live and how to sell things to see little pictures of napoleon inserted everywhere sometimes there is just his head under his hat sometimes a full-length picture to show his hands clasped behind his back and in each case there is some little motto that napoleon said or some statement about his habits from across the years and over the wastes of the south atlantic napoleon is still teaching us how to live and how to sell things from these statements thus printed i have pieced together a composite picture of napoleon in which is shown those little personal things that made him what he was any one who wants to be a napoleon has only to imitate these things i admit that they are a little complicated but even napoleon couldn't have learned them all at once he must have picked them bit by bit in the first place the great emperor was an early riser the hour of three in the morning saw him in the saddle or at his desk early rising he once said when taking a well-known breakfast food not only peptonizes the stomach but with the aid of a simple remedy obtainable at all drug stores restores tone and vigor to the lost digestion napoleon also sat up late 
he never sought his couch till three in the morning the later the hour he once said in referring to a new patent oil lamp the better the brain it was the practice of napoleon to chew his food twenty minutes before swallowing it eating a sirloin steak took him all day napoleon was in the habit of eating standing up he also ate lying down he could even sit and eat while talking the great emperor habitually held his mouth firmly shut napoleon always wore wool next to his skin he once said in an interview which he seems to have given to a well-known firm of woolen manufacturers in patterson new jersey there is nothing like wool in the same way he always said there is nothing like a delicious cup of ozo when exhausted from the pulpit and the platform napoleon was passionately fond of walking also he never walked napoleon drank but always with the strictest avidity napoleon made little use of tobacco except in the form of snuff or cigars or cut plug during his exile at st helena napoleon is reported to have said if i had taken a course in personal leadership i should not have landed here End of chapter 1